0: Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth, oh, you know what? Before I get to the polls, I have to show you something, folks, because this is truly alarming. It is truly alarming what's going on here. And honestly, when put in conjunction with the polls, I personally think the Democratic Party needs to start calling for Joe Biden to drop out of the race. I'm not saying that to be funny, I'm not saying that to mock him, I'm not even saying it based on his politics. I'm saying it because this guy isn't well. It's OK. We're not wish, I'm not wishing him not to be well, but he's not well. And anyone with, a, anyone with, a, with eyes and common sense could see this. I want to show you, I, I don't know who Joe Biden was interviewing with, but watch this clip and you tell me if something is wrong. In a position where they're on, a, uh, uh, on Medicaid, they automatically be enrolled with no cost. In addition to that, we also have a mechanism to control drug prices. You know, the, it's, it's not we're no longer using chemical-based things. All this thing dealing with cancers and other issues related to the immune system are bio-oriented. They're very expensive, and we should set up a system, as I propose, which I will, put if I'm elected president, that allows the folks at H the the, the the folks at health and uh, the, the health department in the United States. Uh, as you could see, and again, this is not to mock Joe Biden. This is not to s- say anything about Joe Biden as, as a person. I don't wish him, on, to, I don't wish poor health on, on anybody, even people I don't agree with politically. But for the love of God, this guy, I, I, I don't know if I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's clear he's stuttering. It's clear he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he's not capable of saying the word. I think he, what he was trying to say is mechanism, but he was stuttering over that word. And then he stuttered several more times. And he is forgetting things because he closes his eyes and basically shuts down. And to me, this is very simple, folks, before we get to the polls or anything. He can't construct sentences. He can't speak clearly. He's forgetting words. He's forgetting thoughts. It is irresponsible, irresponsible of the corporate media to keep pretending that these are gaffes. I don't care if the corporate media jumps ships and goes to push Kamala Harris hard again. I don't care if they jump ship and go to push Elizabeth Warren, which we'll have a story on later. But if, it is, if, if the sincere, most important thing that we keep on hearing about is we have to beat Donald Trump, that's the only thing that matters. Joe Biden's wife said it. Even if you don't agree with my husband, even if you don't, you know, even if you like somebody else, the, the central thing, who's going to beat the, Donald Trump? Look in front of your screen. I just played it for you. He can't complete sentences without stuttering this could happen for many reasons it could happen because when somebody who clearly is not all there cognitively anymore is traveling a lot there's a lot of wear and tear on your body on your mind and you're struggling but you cannot look at bernie sanders and say the same thing I, i that's not me saying it as a bernie supporter that's just we all have eyes uh it's one thing if you mess up the city you're in You know, yesterday he said he was in Vermont when he was standing in front of a diner in New Hampshire. But when it's clear that you're having cognitive malfunctions in real time, at a certain point, journalists need to stop. Oh, I got to protect my access. I got to protect my access. It's a fact. Look in front of you. These are not gaffes. Gaffes are when, you know, you put your foot in your mouth, you say things that are a little politically incorrect, maybe, you sniff young children's hairs well that's not a gaffe that's just creepy but this is a train wreck if if this guy gets anywhere near the democratic nomination i don't not only are you going to have depressed turnout as far as the presidential race for democrats you might have depressed turnout for the senate races the con- congressional races because it's top down so if you have excitement or lack of excitement for the presidential nominee Democrat or Republican, it goes all the way down where you see the press turnout for Senate races, for congressional races. So, that, what you just saw, and if you watched us yesterday, I showed you some other clips. He's forgetting where he is. He said he was talking about his healthcare plan and said, oh, yeah, you know, it, it, we're going to make sure it's, you know, poor quality. Uh, I'm assuming he meant to say good quality. So, then you have uh, this, this news of the Monmouth University poll. And I want to be fair. I want to be fair because I've been critical. I've been critical of polls like Monmouth. So we can't, you know, cheer for polls like Monmouth. But then when it says something favorable about Bernie Sanders, oh, Monmouth is great. So there have been concerns, there have been concerns about this poll, I'm just being honest. But you look at from the last time this poll came out, June 2019. Bernie Sanders up six points, now in 20, 20%. Elizabeth Warren up five points. She's up five percent. Joe Biden was at 32, now at 19. A 13 point drop. 13 point drop. An important thing to note here from this poll. Biden has suffered across the board decline in his support since June. He lost ground with white Democrats down from 32 to 18 and voters of color down from 33 to 19. And we've been told Joe Biden's strongest category is among African-American voters. Whoever is going to win the Democratic nomination has to do well among African-American voters. Right there, he's down 14% among black voters also among voters without a college degree from 35% to 18%. To me, to me, that's the biggest alarm bells for Joe Biden in this whole thing. The African-American vote is important. The fact that he is dropping in that, but to be down by that much among those with only a high school degree, well, those are Trump's voters. That is mostly the Rust Belt. So if he's down that much among those with just high school degrees, where are, those, where are those going to? I would argue the majority of them are going to be going to Bernie Sanders, not Elizabeth Warren. Because Bernie Sanders' numbers thus far have been strongest among those with just a high school degree, which, by the way, is the majority of Americans only of high school degrees. So let's go back to this. He's down among men, 38 to 24 percent women down 29 to 16% and among voters under 50 years old from 21% under the age of 50 to 6%. Talk about the bingo candidate here. So, you know, not, not criticizing our, our viewers or friends above the age of 50. We love you very much. And I'm already feeling like I'm over the age of 50 based on my back. However, by the data, most older Americans tend to vote for uh, candidates like Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, the establishment, but you can't have just six percent support among those under the age of fifty. That's that's anemic. You can't win a nomination that way. He's also down. Uh, most of Biden's lost support in these groups shifted equally towards Sanders and Warren. Okay, that's fair. Then we have uh, same thing. Yeah. So then I want to I want to read something to you from this poll that stood out to me biden's drop in support is coming disproportionately from later states that have less impact on the process but if this trend continues it could spell trouble for him in the early states if it undermines his claim to being the most electable candidate this could benefit someone like harris who remains competitive in the early states and could use a strong showing there to propel her into the top tier biden lost support over the last two months among Democrats who call themselves moderate or conservative, down 18 points from 40% to 22%, with the shift among these voters accruing to both Sanders from 10% to 20% and Warren from 6% to 16%. So both Sanders and Warren are up both by 10 points among voters who call themselves either moderate or conservative. Biden also lost support among liberals from 24 to 15, but this group's backing is scattered to a variety of other candidates. Sanders has picked up a few points among liberal voters from 17 to 21, while Warren has held fairly steady, also known as down a point, 25 to 24, and Harris has not budged with this group 10 to 11%. Why I wanted to show you that, so the whole thing, the whole case that the Biden lovers have been making is Joe Biden is the one who could pick up those moderate those moderate voters in the Rust Belt. Joe Biden, the whole argument for Joe Biden from CNN, MSNBC, The Washington Post, all these freaking corporate outlets that are slobbering all over him again, is he could pick up those moderate voters in the Rust Belt. He could pick up those Trump Democrats. First of all, I've, I've said, and status quo has said, there's no such thing as moderate voters in the Rust Belt. This is a bullshit, ooh, demonetized, swear jar, super chat. This is a bullshit thing that the corporate media makes up because if there was all these moderate voters in the Rust Belt, then we'd have President Clinton right now. And apparent, and unless I'm seeing something different, Hillary Clinton right now is probably in the woods with her dog. She's not in the White House. So there is not this thing of so, uh, a moderate explosion in the Rust Belt. But that is why I have been saying all along, there is no moderate voter to be gotten in the Rust Belt. There are voters in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania... And Ohio, throw in Iowa there, they voted for Trump, not because he was a moderate, not because he was proposing, you know, milquetoast centrism. He spoke like a progressive on economics. End the wars. Let's get out of other countries. I'm going to repeal NAFTA. I'm taking it to Goldman Sachs. This isn't a very Republican thing of me to say, but to hell with it. we got to cover everybody. Universal health care. Do you remember these things? Because I was there, I was covering all these rallies. Donald Trump well, hes full, full of it, obviously. He didn't mean a word. He ran as a economic populist and that's why he got these voters. P- voters could smell uh, a neoliberal fraud. Voters could smell a faux progressive in Hillary Clinton. Stronger together. That's not an economic plan. That's a bumper sticker that means nothing. So. The fact that Joe Biden is losing among moderates only shows you what, if the corporate media would actually report facts, we have known for years. Bernie Sanders does incredibly well among independents. Last time I checked, independents are what you need to win a general election. Yes, you need your base to turn out, but you also need independents. Bernie Sanders has always done incredibly well among independents. Bernie Sanders also, in terms of Democrats, has always generally done well among Uh, Republicans. I mean he doesn't have like 75% 75 support among Republicans but last poll I looked at he was in the 30s among Republicans. That ain't bad for a boogeyman socialist. Elizabeth Warren Elizabeth Warren she to be fair did well in in that poll she's tied with Bernie in that poll and ultimately the ultimate fight might come down to Bernie versus Elizabeth Warren for this nomination. That's a fight, if I'm a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter, I'm very happy to have. Because I think at the end of the day, uh, I don't think Elizabeth Warren is as bad as Joe Biden. I don't think Elizabeth Warren is Hillary Clinton. But frankly, I think authenticity is something that's very important. It's what has attracted people to Bernie Sanders. It's what Trump voters thought they were getting. And I think if it came down to Elizabeth Warren, versus Bernie Sanders, it will become clear that Elizabeth Warren is politically a calculator. She basically is going with the wind and this New York Times article, which interestingly enough, the headline was changed. Isn't that interesting? Originally, this headline said, Elizabeth Warren is courting the Democratic Party establishment. Uh, Well, it was somehow changed I tend to, you know, since I used to work in corporate media, my theory is the Elizabeth Warren campaign called the New York Times and complained because they don't want it to look like she is courting the Democratic elite in this country to get elected. So the New York Times quietly, this, they do this a lot, changed the headline from Elizabeth Warren is courting uh, the Democratic establishment to what Elizabeth Warren is quietly telling Democratic donors. and. You know, if you're Elizabeth Warren supporter, you might read this article and say, Oh my God, she's trying to win. How dare her? Uh, but I read it a little bit differently. When Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts addressed a few hundred donors last week at a fundraiser for the DNC, she called for, quote, big structural change and hurled her familiar populist lightning bolts at the forces of concentrated wealth. But Miss Warren did not attend the event just to recite her stump speech. She had another more tailored message for the Democratic check writers, state party leaders and committee members who were gathered at the elegant Fairmont San Francisco, quote, last year I was running for re-election, but I didn't hold back. She said reminding attendees that in the midterms, she helped more than 160 congressional candidates and nearly 20 hopefuls in governor's races, quote, in fact, I raised or gave more than 11 million helping get Democrats elected up and down the ballot around the country and sent contributions to all 50 state parties the national committees and the redistricting fight. So, to tell you the truth, to paraphrase what Elizabeth Warren means when she told the DNC that I'd been there for you, now you need to be there for me. That's what she's talking about in that statement to the DNC in my opinion. So, okay, you might say, well, Jordan, she's just telling the DNC that she has supported Democratic Party candidates. What's wrong with that? Nothing tremendously wrong with that. To me, uh, where we have run into issues is later on in this story. Her point was easy to grasp. While her liberal agenda may be further left than some in the Democratic establishment would prefer, she is a team player who is seeking to lead the party, not stage a hostile takeover it. As Miss Warren steadily rises in the polls, she is working diligently to protect her left flank, lining up with progressives on nearly every issue and trying to defuse potential attacks from supporters of Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Quote, I'm with Bernie, she responds when asked about what is perhaps the most contentious issue of the primary race, Medicare for All. I've already told you and reported several times she's been all over the map on Medicare for All, one day she says, yeah, let's just get everybody inside a room and we'll work it out. This is essentially what she said at CNN's town hall. Ah, well, we've got to get everybody together around the table. You know, these great pharmaceutical executives and these great hospital people and these great private health insurance executives. Let's just get everyone to the table with, you know, the working people of America, the labor unions, and we'll all just be very, you know, genuine and diplomatic and we'll come to a consensus. This is what she told CNN in her original town hall. Then during the debate, when there was more eyeballs, she raises her hand to end private health insurance. Then when asked about it after the fact, she is not so, so, she's not so strong on whether she wants to end private health insurance. So if healthcare is your number one issue, and based on the midterm election results, 41%, 41% of those uh, who voted in the midterm election said, Healthcare was their top issue. It was the top issue of any other issue in the midterm elections. If that's your top issue, Elizabeth Warren is not with Bernie. She says she is, depending on the day. To me, it gets more problematically, problematic as we read on in this story. Yet publicly and even more in private, she is signaling to party leaders that far from wanting to stage a political revolution in the fashion of Mr. Sanders, she wants to revive the the beleaguered Democratic National Committee and help recapture the Senate while retaining the House in 2020. In phone calls, text messages, and small gatherings before her rallies, as well as in one-on-one meetings over hot tea at her Washington condominium, Ms. Warren is simultaneously courting and assuring Democratic town leaders, statewide officials, and the chiefs of the country's largest unions. Speaking of unions, Bernie Sanders just got the uh, big, big union endorsement today. The United Electrical, Radio and Machine Workers of America, which is a 35,000 member union, announced that it's backing Sanders, uh, which is Bernie Sanders' first union uh, endorsement. So here you have Elizabeth Warren in phone calls, text messages over tea, is basically courting hobnobbing, doing everything that she can to endear herself to the establishment. There's no other way to say it. She's doing everything humanly possible to court, to endear herself, to suck up. And how politics works is she's doing this now and there is an implicit when you when you basically play patty cakes with the establishment and i'm not saying every single person she's meeting with is you know horrendous and evil and corrupt i'm sure there's some fine people she's meeting with but when you do this what you're saying is if you back me now if you endorse me now i'll be there for you as president you need something rammed into a bill for your community i'll get it for you you need a little you know earmark, something earmarked into a bill, a little, uh, what do they call that? Um, Something meat, they used to call that, that gets thrown into a bill, you know, to sweeten it, to get votes. You basically, you do for me, I'll do even more for you. That's what she's saying. Bernie Sanders does not operate that way. Bernie Sanders has not, and you could say, some might say, well, because he doesn't operate this way, this is why he didn't win in 2016, And this is why he's not going to win this time. Some people would say that he doesn't want to play the game and he doesn't want to basically bend over for the democratic bourgeoisie of America. Well, frankly, I think, you know, who you associate yourself with, who you are trying to court, who you are basically playing patty cake with over tea, who you encircle yourself around says a lot about you. You know, text messages and phone calls and having tea with the democratic elites of America, and these are establishment party leaders, says to me, not only is Elizabeth Warren not interested in changing anything structurally, she thinks, she thinks we could regulate our way out of systemic corruption in America. No, I, I, I explained this yesterday. We had a regulatory body that was supposed to be looking over big banks. Didn't happen, and we had the 2008 financial crash. We have a regulatory body that's supposed to look over food and water well, and the air and the environment. Well, Monsanto is a, has a little bit more power than those regulatory bodies. So does Exxon So you can regulate till you're blue in the face until you get the money out of politics, which she is frankly not that strong on. She has said openly, listen, I'm not unilaterally disarming. If I become the nominee, I'll take that corporate money. And I will say it And I will say it loudly, personally, personally, I would rather my candidate lose not taking the money than my candidate win taking the money. Because if my candidate wins taking the money, I know my candidate is no longer my candidate. I know that candidate is no longer only, only indebted to me. I know my candidate because he or she already made that rationalization among themselves. And this is all stuff that people like Elizabeth Warren and Barack Obama, they made rationalizations with themselves and justifications. Like, well, you know, in this one instance, I got to do it. I got to do it. But it's for the greater good. It's So I get elected. And then when you're elected, oh, you know, I got to make this little side deal because it's for the greater good to get a Republican health care plan through, Obamacare. Well, the minute you start making those mini rationalizations, you're not a true progressive anymore. Of course, by the way, I want to be clear. Compromise is not a terrible thing. If Bernie Sanders becomes president, he's not gonna get every single thing he wants through with the snap of his finger. He's going to have to compromise. The difference is, are we electing someone that is going to fight to the deaths before they give away the farm? Or are we electing somebody that right the minute they are elected, their tone changes, and all of a sudden, everything they propose starts getting watered down. Everything they propose, oh, you know, we meant something different, or oh, the the conditions on the ground have changed, and all this. Elizabeth Warren, I'll read you just a little bit more, and then give you my final analysis here. The outreach is not just an effort to avoid the confrontational approach Mr. Sanders took in 2016 when he inveighed against party insiders and the committee itself, which he correctly believed was favoring Hillary Clinton. Ms. Warren is also trying to allay concerns among Democrats that as a progressive candidate proposing sweeping change, she may not have enough mainstream appeal to compete with President Trump in the general election. Most of the other White House contenders are, of course, also wooing party officials, but the more establishment-aligned candidates like former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris of California do not face the same questions about their vision for party politics. They, of course, don't face those questions because it is known that they're corrupt. I digress. And interviews with about two dozen Democrats who have been in contact with Ms. Warren reveal that her style of courtship has been unusually determined. Troy Price, the chairman of Iowa's Democratic Party, said Miss Warren called him the day he was reelected to his post last year, immediately after the midterm elections, and on, on the day she entered the race. "Quote: All of a sudden, the cell phone is ringing, and it's her, not a staffer," he said. Miss Warren's wooing could prove important should the nominating contest deadlock at the Democratic National Convention next summer. Many of the officials she is courting are the so-called "wait for it" super delegates who are able to cast a binding vote should the primary go beyond a first ballot. Beyond the potential electoral advantages, the relationship Miss Warren is cultivating could prove just as powerful for symbolic purposes. So, to me, I know what the naysayers are going to say. I know that some people are going to say, Jordan, what do you want? This is how politics works. This is how the game needs to be played. You can't be a fire-breathing Game of Thrones, Rocky dragon uh, to get elected. Bernie Sanders would have to play nice to these people. I'm not saying that Elizabeth Warren can't talk to party leaders. I'm not saying Elizabeth Warren should totally shun them. I'm not saying that even Elizabeth Warren needs to call for a revolution. I don't want her to do those things if that's not what she truly believes. If she is a capitalist down to her toes, like she says she is, then she could run on that. And let's have a debate. If it comes down to Bernie versus Elizabeth Warren, let's have a debate between Bernie who says, no, we, we can't regulate, only regulate our way out of this. We can't you know, work within the system. We need to fundamentally blow up the system to create something much, much more focused and concentrated towards workers. But the problem I have with Elizabeth Warren is she's trying to thread the needle and she's trying to have it both ways. Or, or, as my mama once said, she's trying to have her cake and eat it too. She's trying to portray herself as this person with bold ideas. And we can't, you know, she, she was criticizing Biden. We can't go along to get along. We can't come with the incrementalism and this and that. Yet, she's sitting down with all of the incrementalists. She's sitting down with all of the usual suspects whose DNA politically is small change is how things happen. Incrementalism is how we get things done. Politics is done a certain way. How in one breath could you be talking about, we need bold structural change and then be spending half of your time when you're not taking selfies with people, which is cool. That's not a bad thing that she's doing. Basically bending over backwards to get these people to endorse you. To me, that's not so genuine. To me, you're pandering and to me, there's a difference between being willing to compromise, which I think Bernie Sanders is willing to compromise if he becomes president, and there's a, there's a, there's a difference between being willing to compromise after you have fought very hard for what you want, because there is political re- realities. Even if Bernie Sanders was a president with both houses of Congress that are Democrat, let's say he has the Senate under Democratic control and the Republican, uh, the House under Democratic control, it's not like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and all the uh, corporate Democrat gang is just going to say, Bernie, we were wrong all along, we welcome you with open barns, let's do Medicare for all, let's do free public college, hey, let's spend $16 trillion on a Green New Deal. No, they're Republican lights. They're going to fight him, probably not as hard as Mitch McConnell would, but pretty hard too. What Elizabeth Warren is doing right now, to me, if you follow political history, What she's doing right now is what Barack Obama did in 2007 and 2008. She is portraying herself in front of crowds as a bold reformer. Barack Obama, if you remember, talked about, we need a post-partisan utopia in Washington. We need to uh, change the way Washington works. No blue states, no red states, the United States of America. And he portrayed himself as a progressive reformer that's going to change the system. Well, while he was doing that, he was doing the same things. I have a source that told me Barack Obama, uh, the re- Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both went in front of the CEOs of the big banks, Lloyd and Jamie Dimon, all these things. And Barack Obama, while he was pret- pretending to be you know, the progressive reformer who's going to heal the earth, said, what do, you, what do you need from me? And apparently they liked what Barack Obama had to say more than Hillary Clinton. And that's why Barack Obama started getting record amounts of money from Wall Street. So I don't know how Elizabeth Warren is saying she's this bold reformer while sitting there having tea with Democratic Party leaders that don't believe in Medicare for all, don't believe in free public college, don't believe in a Green New Deal, don't believe in challenging companies like Amazon, Facebook, Raytheon, Pfizer, the list goes on, and don't believe in stronger protections for uh, labor unions and certainly don't believe and agree with the the problem in America is getting money out of politics. I'm not saying, you know, be adversarial and be, you know, shun them, but you're meeting with them. You're obviously not talking, you're not sitting down with them to say, hey, here's why you're wrong and you need to jump on the progressive bandwagon. She's obviously not saying those things to these people. The Dakota Access Pipeline, which has been in operation now for two years, I believe, the Dakota Access Pipeline is the parent company of the Dakota Access Pipeline, is now trying to double, double the capacity of the Dakota Access Pipeline. They're trying to move it up so that they could carry 1.1 million barrels of oil a day, which is very very dangerous and frankly most environmental experts say this pipeline doesn't have the capacity to hold that much obviously the tribe and there's still lawsuits in progress that they're trying to get the oil to stop flowing and they want this pipeline shut down that could still be stuck in court for years from now as i've always said it's very very hard to stop or get a pipeline taken out of the ground when it's already in the ground. That's why status quo wants to hit the road. We wanna cover the Keystone XL pipeline, which is going to have construction start at the end of this year, possibly early next year. And we wanna get there to Montana, Nebraska, South Dakota. And we wanna cover it now before that pipe is in the ground. Talk to tribal leaders, talk to the people on the ground, the communities that are gonna be affected because the way you help in fighting these pipelines is to wake more people up. So we would love to get there as soon as possible. That's another reason you should become a status quo member. So Standing Rock asked, of course, to shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline as the company plans to double capacity. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe is asking a judge to throw out a federal permit for the De- Dakota Access Pipeline, arguing that the government shut the tribe out of a court-ordered second environmental review and ignored its concerns. The challenge comes as energy transfer The company behind the pipeline is now seeking to double how much oil the pipeline can carry. The Dakota Access Pipeline passes under the Missouri River. The tribe's water supply just upstream from the Standing Rock Reservation. The Army Corps of Engineers, quote, never engaged with the tribe or its technical experts, shared critical information, or responded to the tribe's concerns. The tribe writes in a legal motion filed Friday in federal court. The result is an er error Irretrievably flawed decision developed through a process that fell far from short, far short of legal standards. With Dapple's proposal to double the flow of the pipeline, the unexamined risks to the tribe continue to grow. The motion is the latest volley in a lawsuit first filed by the tribe against the Corps over its permitting of the controversial pipeline in 2016. Standing Rock won a partial victory in 2017 when a federal court Determined that the Army Corps' initial environmental review for DAPL did not adequately address the impact of a potential spill uh, would have on the tribe. The judge ordered the Army Corps to go back and do a thorough environmental assessment, saying the, Ar- the court expects the Corps not to treat remand as an exercise in filing out the proper paper- paperwork. The Army Corps completed the remand process in August of 2018, saying that it did not find a significant, any significant new circumstances or information relevant to environmental concerns of course they did not but now the greater threat is energy transfer is now trying to double the capacity of oil flowing through this pipeline the pipeline's construction spurred months of protests and hundreds of arrests as obviously i was there for a lot of that the 1172 mile pipeline from north dakota to illinois has had at least keyword at least 10 spills totaling hundreds of gallons of crude oil since it began operations in June 2017. The latest in a years-long years, years long legal challenge by the tribe comes less than two months after Dakota Access, a subsidiary of Energy Transfer, notified North Dakota's Public Service Commission that it seeks to double the amount of crude oil it could ship through Dakota Access pipeline to 1.1 million barrels a day. The company's June 20th request to optimize its pipeline considered local impacts of building a new pumping station such as erosion and dust control during construction of the facility. It did not however, consider the impacts of a potential spill from a pipeline shipping twice the volume of oil compared to its original permits. So bottom line, the same scummy, scummy oil company that, and by the way, I want to be clear, most environmentalists, most experts, most mechanical engineers, would disagree with there's only been 10 spills from the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, Most of these spills are not detected. Most, a lot of these spills could be minor spills, but a spill is a spill, and we don't know if those spills are happening in the Missouri River, because that pipe is 90 feet, 90 feet under the Missouri River, but you could have minor spills that are not being detected. So they could say all they want, "10 10 spills, there's a very good chance it's more of intense spills. So to me, the biggest part of this is this is connected to the presidential election because don't think that a President Biden is going to demand that the oil stop flowing in the Dakota Access Pipeline. Do not think that a President Harris is going to do anything on Dakota Access Pipeline or the Keystone XL Pipeline. Their donors won't allow it. Their Wall Street donors that are heavily invested in these pipelines will not allow it. That's Bank of America, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, whoever, uh, uh, whatever other uh, financial companies are invested. And by the way, I'm not positive that Elizabeth Warren, as president, would do anything about the Dakota Access Pipeline, Keystone XL Pipeline, or other pipelines. As far as I know, I've read her environmental plan. I hear, I don't hear anything about fracking. The only candidates that have called for a ban on fracking are. Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard, who, by the way, is also being screwed out of appearing in this next presidential debate, which we'll cover at some point this week. So, they want to not only was building this pipeline in the first place totally reckless, not only did they just stomp all over the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and the, and the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, by the way, not only did they totally disregard, disregard environmental concerns, their water, Missouri River is their water source, their sacred land, their burial sites, because they don't care. It's just native people. What do they give a shit? Now they want to double the capacity to 1.1 million barrels of oil per day without any study if the pipeline could safely carry that much oil. There's already been 10 spills, on record 10 spills, with the capacity, with the oil flowing. That is true. Elizabeth Warren didn't say a damn word about Standing Rock. And now she has a a plan for the Native Americans of America. Please. So this is scary stuff. Because if they double capacity without doing proper testing and none of these tests, environmental reviews are not thorough. And by the way, if Trump is president, they could do all the studies they want. Trump don't care. I give you Trump literally saying, let's just nuke the hurricanes. Yeah, Trump was telling his administration officials, why don't we just nuke the hurricanes to stop them? This is a man that doesn't understand the difference between climate and weather. This is the man that doesn't understand fracking. He doesn't understand the damage that he is doing to this country and this world. And by the way, I'm just telling you flat out, folks, flat out, you might not like it. Donald Trump's recklessness on the environment is probably the main reason that I would even bring myself to think about voting for a corporate Democrat. Because Donald Trump is so reckless on the environment and you give him another four years, forget the Amazon, folks. The whole world is in peril if this man is setting the environmental agenda. And America does set the environmental agenda. But that's for another day. The Dakota Access Pipeline is one of the most dangerous pipelines in America and we have thousands of pipelines. It is through the longest river in America that services 20 million people's drinking water. It is not safe as is. It is not safe. They are not reporting all spills. And now they want to double the capacity.